Chapter Seven of a Dissertation Concerning the Nature of True Virtue by Jonathan Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seven The Reason Why Those Things That Have Been Mentioned, Which Have Not the Essence of Virtue, Have Yet By Many Been Mistaken for True Virtue. The first reason that may be given of this is that although they have not the specific and distinguishing nature and essence of virtue yet they have something that belongs to the general nature of virtue the general nature of true virtue is love it is expressed both in love of benevolence and complacence by primarily in benevolence to persons and beings and consequently and secondarily in complacence and virtue as has been shown there is something of the general nature of virtue in those natural affections and principles that have been mentioned in both those respects in many of these natural affections there is something of the appearance of love to persons in some of them there appears the tendency and effect of benevolence in part others have truly a sort of benevolence in them though it be a private benevolence and in several respects falls short of the extent of true virtuous benevolence both in its nature and object the last mentioned passion natural to mankind in their present state set that of pity to others in distress though not properly of the nature of love as has been demonstrated yet has partly the same influence and effect with benevolence one effect of true benevolence is to cause persons to be uneasy when the objects of it are in distress and to desire their relief and natural pity has the same effect natural gratitude though in every instance wherein it appears it is not properly called love because persons may be moved with a degree of gratitude towards persons on certain occasions whom they have no real and proper friendship for as in the instance of saul towards david once and again after david sparing his life when he had so fair opportunity to kill him yet it has the same or like operation and effect with friendship in part for a season and with regard to so much of the welfare of its object as appears a deserved requital of kindness received and in other instances it may have a more general and abiding influence so as more properly to be called by the name of love so that many times men from natural gratitude do really with a sort of benevolence love those who love them from this together with some other natural principles men may love their near friends love their own party love their country etc the natural disposition there is to mutual affection between the sexes often operates by what may properly be called love there is oftentimes truly a kind both of benevolence and complacence as there also is between parents and children thus these things have something of the general nature of virtue which is love and especially the thing last mentioned has something of a love of benevolence what they are essentially defective in is that they are private in their nature they don't arise from any temper of benevolence to being in general nor have they a tendency to any such effect in their operation but yet agreeing with virtue in its general nature they are beautiful within their own private sphere that is they appear beautiful if we confine our views to that private system and while we shut all other things they stand in any relation to out of our consideration if that private system contained the sum of universal existence then their benevolence would have true beauty 
or in other words would be beautiful all things considered but now it is not so these private systems are so far from containing the sum of universal being or comprehending all existence which we stand related to that it contains but an infinitely small part of it the reason why men are so ready to take these private affections for true virtue is the narrowness of their views and above all that they are so ready to leave the divine being out of their view and to neglect him in their consideration or to regard him in their thoughts as though he were not properly belonging to the system of real existence but as a kind of shadowy imaginary being and though most men allow that there is a god yet in their ordinary view of things his being is not apt to come into the account and to have the influence and effect of a real existence as tis with other beings which they see and are conversant with by their external senses in their views of beauty and deformity and in the inward sensations of displicence and approbation which rise in their minds tis not a thing natural to them to be under the influence of a view of the deity as part of the system and as the head of the system and he who is all in all in comparison of whom all the rest is nothing and with regard to whom all other things are to be viewed and their minds to be accordingly impressed and affected yea we are apt through the narrowness of our views in judging of the beauty of affections and actions to limit our consideration to only a small part of the created system when private affections extend themselves to a considerable number we are very ready to look upon them as truly virtuous and accordingly to applaud them highly thus it is with respect to love to a large party or a man's love to his country for though his private system contains but a small part even of the world of mankind yet being a considerable number through the contracted limits of the mind and the narrowness of his views they are ready to fill his mind and engross his sight and to seem as if they were all hence among the romans love to their country was the highest virtue though this affection of theirs so much extolled among them was employed as it were for the destruction of the rest of the world of mankind the larger the number is that private affection extends to the more apt men are through the narrowness of their sight to mistake it for true virtue because then the private system appears to have more of the image of the universal system whereas when the circle it extends to is very small it is not so apt to be looked upon virtuous or not so virtuous as a man's love to his own children and this is the reason why self-love is by nobody mistaken for true virtue for though there be something of the general nature of virtue in this here is love and good will yet the object is so private the limits so narrow that it by no means engrosses the view unless it be of the person himself who through the greatness of his pride may imagine himself as it were all the minds of men are large enough to take in a vastly greater extent and though self-love is far from being useless in the world yea tis exceeding necessary to society besides its directly and greatly seeking the good of one yet everybody sees that if it be not subordinate to and regulated by another more extensive principle it may make a man a common enemy to the system he is related to and though this is as true of any other private affection notwithstanding its extent may be to a system that contains thousands of individuals 
and those private systems bear no greater proportion to the whole of universal existence than one alone yet they bear a greater proportion to the extent of the view and comprehension of men's minds and are more apt to be regarded as if they were all or at least as some resemblance of the universal system thus i have observed how many of these natural principles which have been spoken of resemble virtue in its primary operation which is benevolence many of them also have a resemblance of it in its secondary operation which is its approbation of and complacence in virtue itself several kinds of approbation of virtue have been taken notice of as common to mankind which are not of the nature of a truly virtuous approbation consisting in a sense and relish of the essential beauty of virtue consisting in a being's cordial union to being in general from a spirit of love to being in general as particularly the approbation of conscience from a sense of the inferior and secondary beauty which there is in virtue consisting in uniformity and from a sense of desert consisting in a sense of the natural agreement of loving and being beloved showing kindness and receiving kindness so from the same principle there is a disapprobation of vice from a natural opposition to deformity and disproportion and a sense of evil desert or the natural agreement there is between hating and being hated opposing and being opposed etc together with a painful sensation naturally arising in a sense of self-opposition and inconsistence approbation of conscience is the more readily mistaken for a truly virtuous approbation because by the wise constitution of the great governor of the world as was observed when conscience is well informed and thoroughly awakened it agrees with the latter fully and exactly as to the object approved though not as to the ground and reason of approving it approves all virtue and condemns all vice it approves true virtue and indeed approves nothing that is against it or that falls short of it as was shown before and indeed natural conscience is implanted in all mankind there to be as it were in god's stead and to be an internal judge or rule to all whereby to distinguish right and wrong it has also been observed how that virtue consisting in benevolence is approved and vice consisting in ill-will is disliked from the influence of self-love together with association of ideas in the same manner as men dislike those qualities in things without life or reason with which they have always connected the ideas of hurtfulness malignancy perniciousness but like those things with which they habitually connect the ideas of profit pleasantness comfortableness etc this sort of approbation or liking of virtue and dislike of vice is easily mistaken for true virtue not only because those things are approved by it that have the nature of virtue and the things disliked have the nature of vice but because here is much of resemblance of virtuous approbation it being complacence from love the difference only lying in this that it is not from love to being in general but from self-love there is also as has been shown a liking of some virtues and dislike of some vices from the influence of the natural instinct of pity this men are apt to mistake for the exercise of true virtue on many accounts here is not only a kind of complacence and the objects of complacence are what have the nature of virtue and the virtues indeed very amiable such as humanity mercy tenderness of heart etc and the contrary very odious but besides the approbation is not merely from self-love but from compassion 
an affection that respects others and resembles benevolence as has been shown another reason why the things which have been mentioned are mistaken for true virtue is that there is indeed a true negative moral goodness in them by a negative moral goodness i mean the negation or absence of true moral evil they have this negative moral goodness because a being without them would be an evidence of a much greater moral evil thus the exercise of natural conscience in such and such degrees wherein appears such a measure of an awakening or sensibility of conscience though it be not of the nature of real positive virtue or true moral goodness yet has a negative moral goodness because in the present state of things it is an evidence of the absence of that higher degree of wickedness which causes great insensibility or stupidity of conscience for sin as was observed is not only against a spiritual and divine sense of virtue but is also against the dictates of that moral sense which is in natural conscience no wonder that this sense being long opposed and often conquered grows weaker all sin has its source from selfishness or from self-love not subordinate to regard to being in general and natural conscience chiefly consists in a sense of desert or the natural agreement between sin and misery but if self were indeed all and so more considerable than all the world besides there would be no ill desert in his regarding himself above all and making all other interests give place to private interest and no wonder that men by long acting from the selfish principle and by being habituated to treat themselves as if they were all increase in pride and come as it were naturally to look on themselves as all and so to lose entirely the sense of ill desert in their making all other interests give place to their own and no wonder that men by often repeating acts of sin without punishment or any visible appearance of approaching punishment have less and less sense of the connection of sin with punishment that sense which an awakened conscience has of the desert of sin consists chiefly in a sense of its desert of resentment of the deity the fountain and head of universal existence but no wonder that by a long-continued worldly and sensual life men more and more lose all sense of the deity who is a spiritual and invisible being the mind being long involved in and engrossed by sensitive objects becomes sensual in all its operations and excludes all views and impressions of spiritual objects and is unfit for their contemplation thus the conscience and general benevolence are entirely different principles and sense of conscience differs from the holy complacence of a benevolent and truly virtuous heart yet wickedness may by long habitual exercise greatly diminish a sense of conscience so that there may be negative moral goodness in sensibility of conscience as it may be an argument of the absence of that higher degree of wickedness which causeth stupidity of conscience so with respect to natural gratitude though there may be no virtue merely in loving them that love us yet the contrary may be an evidence of a great degree of depravity as it may argue a higher degree of selfishness so that a man has come to look upon himself as all and others as nothing and so their respect and kindness as nothing thus an increase of pride diminishes gratitude so does sensuality or the increase of sensual appetites and coming more and more under the power and impression of sensible objects tend by degrees to make the mind insensible to anything else and those appetites take up the whole soul 
and through habit and custom the water is all drawn out of other channels in which it naturally flows and is all carried as it were into one channel in like manner natural affection and natural pity though not of the nature of virtue yet may be diminished greatly by the increase of those two principles of pride and sensuality and as the consequence of this being habitually disposed to envy malice etc these lusts when they prevail to a high degree may overcome and diminish the exercise of those natural principles even as they often overcome and diminish common prudence in a man as to seeking his own private interest in point of health wealth or honour and yet no one will think it proves that a man's being cunning in seeking his own personal and temporal interest has anything of the nature and essence of true virtue another reason why these natural principles and affections are mistaken for true virtue is that in several respects they have the same effect which true virtue tends to especially in these two ways one the present state of the world is so ordered and constituted by the wisdom and goodness of its supreme ruler that these natural principles for the most part tend to the good of the world of mankind so do natural pity gratitude parental affection etc herein they agree with the tendency of general benevolence which seeks and tends to the general good but this is no proof that these natural principles have the nature of true virtue for self-love is a principle that is exceeding useful and necessary in the world of mankind so are the natural appetites of hunger and thirst etc but yet nobody will assert that these have the nature of true virtue two these principles have a like effect with true virtue in this respect that they tend several ways to restrain vice and prevent many acts of wickedness so natural affection love to our party or to particular friends tends to keep us from acts of injustice towards these persons which would be real wickedness pity preserves from cruelty which would be real and great moral evil natural conscience tends to restrain sin in general in the present state of the world but neither can this prove these principles themselves to be of the nature of true virtue for so is this present state of mankind ordered by a merciful god that men's self-love does in innumerable respects restrain from acts of true wickedness and not only so but puts men upon seeking true virtue yet is not itself true virtue but is the source of all the wickedness that is in the world another reason why these inferior affections especially some of them are accounted virtuous is that there are affections of the same denomination which are truly virtuous thus for instance there is a truly virtuous pity or a compassion to others under affliction or misery from general benevolence pure benevolence would be sufficient to excite pity to another in calamity if there were no particular instinct or any other principle determining the mind thereto it is easy to see how benevolence which seeks another's good should cause us to desire his deliverance from evil and this is a source of pity far more extensive than the other it excites compassion in cases that are overlooked by natural instinct and even in those cases to which instinct extends it mixes its influence with the natural principle and guides and regulates its operations and when this is the case the pity which is exercised may be called a virtuous compassion so there is a virtuous gratitude or a gratitude that arises not only from self-love but from a superior principle of disinterested general benevolence 
as tis manifest that when we receive kindness from such as we love already we are more disposed to gratitude and disposed to greater degrees of it than when the mind is destitute of any such friendly prepossession therefore when the superior principle of virtuous love has a governing hand and regulates the affair it may be called a virtuous gratitude so there is a virtuous love of justice arising from pure benevolence to being in general as that naturally and necessarily inclines the heart that every particular being should have such a share of benevolence as is proportioned to its dignity consisting in the degree of its being and the degree of its virtue which is entirely diverse from an apprehension of justice from a sense of the beauty of uniformity in variety as has been particularly shown already and so it is easy to see how there may be a virtuous sense of desert different from what is natural and common and so a virtuous conscientiousness or a sanctified conscience and as when natural affections have their operations mixed with the influence of virtuous benevolence and are directed and determined hereby they may be called virtuous so that there may be a virtuous love of parents to children and between other near relatives a virtuous love of our town or country or nation yea and a virtuous love between the sexes as there may be the influence of virtue mingled with instinct and virtue may govern with regard to the particular manner of its operation and may guide it to such ends as are agreeable to the great ends and purposes of true virtue genuine virtue prevents that increase of the habits of pride and sensuality which tend to overbear and greatly diminish the exercises of the forementioned useful and necessary principles of nature and a principle of general benevolence softens and sweetens the mind and makes it more susceptible of the proper influence and exercise of the gentler natural instincts and directs every one into its proper channel and determines the exercise to the proper manner and measure and guides all to the best purposes end of chapter seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine